What's up, guys? How you guys doing? I am, I am Pastor Tom. I'm one of the executive pastors here. I'm also the campus pastor of the Huimanu campus. Uh, I'm not there right now, so I, seriously, it's kind of weird. Like, you probably don't even know who I am because I'm always over there. Uh, but I'm here, so hi. How you guys doing? Um, if you're wondering, wow, what's up, man? Pastor Tom, he finally hit puberty. He has a deep, scratchy voice. It's like, um, I'm a little sick, so the prayer team is like lifting me up right now. So I'm going to survive this, but I have a good word for you guys. And so it's, it's going to be fun. Um, but we are continuing our Knees to Succeed series. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, but here's the bottom line. Don't we all want to succeed? Right? And it's not about prosperity and making, getting rich and all of that. It's like, don't you want to succeed just in life and what you're doing? Whatever, whatever you chose to do, whatever you are, whether you're a, you're a business person or you're just a mother or you're just a child, don't you want to be the best child? Uh, you want to succeed, but there's needs that need to be met for us to succeed. And so we talked about a couple of them last uh, week, but we're going to be talking about um, primarily love today. Come on, who wants to talk about love? Right? And so, but it's that this is deep longing need in our bones that we all desire to, for need, belonging. We're actually going to talk about self-esteem as well, but it's all based in love. And so just, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but think, think back in the past. Did anybody ever do something drastic? Like, I think we all did, right? Something drastic so that we're, we're let into the group, that we feel loved or feel belonged to somebody. Anybody? Like, you change your fashion, Right? Or you change your, like, whatever. You watch a certain show, like, ooh, I, yeah, I know, I, you've taken notes so that you can be in with somebody. Well, I was, like, kind of racking my brain. I've, I've done some pretty drastic things. Um, in, in junior high, I wanted to be a, a part of the, uh, uh, the punk rock metalhead group at Mid Midpack. Any Midpack people? MPI? Ooh, the owls are silent. Okay. Uh, I was there, and I was a nerd. My mom dressed me in Aloha shirts. I had glasses. I was a short little Filipino guy. Yeah, hello. I'm full nerdy. And I ate lunch alone, and I didn't want to eat lunch alone anymore, so I changed myself. I, I, you know, anybody uh, remember The Clash? So Joe Strummer, I, I literally fashioned myself. I looked at Joe Strummer on MTV. I'm, well, I'm going to look like that guy. So I cut, I cut off jean jackets, right? I did the jeans on. I had a Metallica shirt, right? Metallica shirt, right? It can look all tough. I used to put eyeliner on. <laughs> Not to look girly, to look tough and evil and mean. And I did this and to get accepted into this group. And so I actually got accepted. I had a whole gang that I was with. Um, I got over that. And I remember the, uh, when I was in high school and even in college, like, I was part of the surfer crew. And so back in the like, late 80s, early 90s, there was kind of a trend of we don't believe in shoes. And so to fit in, you didn't wear any shoes. Like, you just be, be, you're just a, a surf bum. And so we just walked around, and I would pretend like I, did, I had, like, all calcy, but I really didn't. I'm like, yeah, I, I got this. It's all good, right? But I had blisters, and I was like, it, it was horrible, and, but I did it to fit in. And then um, later on, I was uh, back in the punk uh, scene. I was on, in a punk band, and so I did punk things to get accepted. And so I used to color my hair. So I had red hair, green hair. Yellow hair, how's this? Leopard skin hair. Yeah. I had leopard skin hair. And the most amazing thing was I got hired on staff in that season. And so it was like we would go to staff meetings and like everyone's in Aloha shirts all dressed like, and I'm sitting there looking like Ronald McDonald. And it was just like, how you guys doing? It was, but I did it. 
to get accepted in the group that I, I wanted to be in. And that's kind of all of us. We kind of desire that because there's a, a deep need in our bones. And so let's look at that hierarchy of needs again. Um, so last week we talked about the physical needs. We, we need our physical needs met. We need our safety, our protection needs met. And the next two we're going to be talking about is this belonging needs, this need to belong. And I'm, we're going to add, it's, it's, a, it's a need for love. And, and then on top of that is the self-esteem where, man, how, do you love yourself? Do you know who you are? Are you confident or are you just insecure? And you know what? We need all these things uh, to, to really succeed. And so I want to I help you guys out here. But before I get even into all that stuff, I want to make a bold statement here. I mean, we're here to tell the truth, and this is what I believe is the truth, that you can't experience genuine love apart from God. Amen. You, you can't experience it. You can't, and, and on the opposite is true. You can't experience genuine, real love from God. Now, maybe some of you guys have some great marriages, and you go, you don't know our love, Tom. You know, you're like, you don't know the love that we have. And you know what? I love my wife, and, uh, and she loves me. And I, we have a great love, but, man, it does not compare to God's love. And he is the source. And I want to actually read a verse that hit me when I was really young that I want to share with you guys. In 1 John 4, verse 7, it says this. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. And here's the, man, the main verse right here. For God is love. God is love. God showed how much he loved us. Here's, here's, here's why. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The bottom line is, go back to that one verse in verse 8. God is is love. You know what that means? That he's the definition of love. That he's the very epitome of love. Are you getting me? And when I found this verse when I was really young, it struck me how profound this is. It didn't say God is the master of love. God knows love better than anybody else, and so you better follow him. What a profound statement that God is love. Like you, you can actually, the interchange, the, it's like God equals love. I was so struck by this verse is that when I, uh, I bought a new skateboard, I cut the whole verse in grip tape. First John 4, 8, God is love. And I put the grip tape on my skateboard just to show everybody that God is love. And if I ever ended up on a skating magazine, because I was that good. No, I wasn't. Uh, that, that I would advertise God is love. I was so awestruck by this because what a profound God is it. He's the very definition of it, which means this. If we're going to ever satisfy love, belonging, get self-esteem in us, that which is based in love, if we're going to ever satisfy that need, it's got to come from God. This is the bottom line. And... Um, And today's sermon is called, All You Need Is Love. And um, any Beatles fans out there? 
right, cool, all right. It's diminished over the years, but he's just like, yay. Um, I love that all you need is love, come on. Right? What a great song. I just love that song. And, and, uh, but you know what? The Beatles almost got it right. They almost got it right. Why? Because when they sang about all we need is love, and I remember the video, and they're talking about, you know, it's like let's fight world, uh, world wars going on and all the troubles that are going on. So, oh, guys, all you need is love. And really they were talking about worldly love, the, the worldly perspective of love. But if I take First John and inter because God is love, well, you know what? I'm going to rename that song. You know what that, that song should be named? All you need is God. Amen? Amen? Because if it's love is the answer, well, then go to the, go to the source. Go to the originator. Go, go to the, the definition of love itself. And so today we're gonna, I'm going to give you kind of two things of how to get love and belonging in your life from God and how to get your self-esteem up. I know a lot of us struggle with these issues. There's problems. There's love issues. There's belonging issues. There's loneliness issues. There's, you know, there's self-esteem issues. And Man, I want you guys to, to experience the absolute love of God. And so there's two things that I want to share with you that are, can sound really simple, really, really simple. But can I tell you right now, these two things, I still practice as a Christian been for 30 years. I still practice this, and I'm going to practice these two things till the day I die, until I, until I see Jesus face to face, because I think these two things are so vital for our lives and it's so key to get that love in our lives. And so here's the first one. You got to know who God is. You got to know who God is. You have to. You have to know his character. You got to know um, the things that he does and, and how that reveals who he is. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to stop because I'm a human being with an infinite, like a finite brain. And I can only learn so much. You know, I'm looking at you guys. You look pretty smart. You probably don't know about me that much. But God is this, isn't he? He's huge. So you can never, ever stop being, getting revelation of the character of God, the love of God. We sing it every week. I mean, I've been singing praise and worship songs for a long time. They never get old because the truth is always awesome. So get to know God. And here's the one thing we're talking about. Get to know how he loves. If God is love, well then, what does that mean? Get to know exactly what that means, God is love. And what, what does it mean? And so we're going to look at the word of love here. And um, so if you guys are scholars, in the English language, there's a, a word for love. What is it? Love. In the English language, the word for love is love. You learn things at church, let me tell you. English is so boring, we only have one word for love. The Greeks, the Greeks on the other hand, they had, if you Google it, they had like eight, I think upward to like even more than that, versions of love. I think one of them is like, like the, I don't know the Greek word, but it's like manic love, it's like obsessive love. We're not talking about that today. But we're talking about four of the loves that we see in the Bible. And so, and then we're going to kind of like, okay, well, which one is God? And so the first one is Eros, that's a Greek word, eros. And uh, if you do your research, it's actually the root word for erotic. That's right, you're in church and I said the word erotic. Wah! Okay? And eros is sexual love. It's physical love. 
but it's also romantic love, okay? So, I mean, how many guys, when you first dated your spouse, you had that, the warm fuzzies. You better raise your hand right now if you want to get some brownie points. Right, we had the warm fuzzies? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. It's like, right? You had that, that romantic love, you know? And so um, Eros is based on how that other person makes you feel. There's certain qualities that cause you to love that person. You chose that person for a reason. For example, I chose my wife because we're the same exact height. That was attractive to me because I didn't want anybody like, hey, honey, how you doing? I'm the man of the household, you know? I needed someone like, yeah, we're 5'2", you're 5'2", yeah, right on, right? And so that was attractive to me. That, that's the eros. Um, another word for love in the Greek is phileo, that we see in the Bible. And that is the friendship love. That is, um, you know, come on, it's the root word of the city of brotherly love, which is in Philly. Anybody from Philly? Nobody. Okay, one. Okay, thanks. Right? Philly, the city of brotherly love. It's, this, it's, a, it's a companion. It's a fondness. It's, um, you have a commonality. That's what I love about church. Because there's a lot of phileo in here. What's our com commonality? Jesus Christ is, our, is the thing that we're threaded by. You're, you're all here, we're all here to worship God. That's why, that's why I love worshiping with the body of Christ. Because we're worshiping God, but we're phileo. We're like, man, come on, it's right. Yeah, we're worshiping God together. And uh, we have one common bond. Uh, and that phileo is a little bit better than eros because eros can be very selfish because it's all about how you make me feel while phileo is like you know what how do we how do we all feel like i i want to be happy but i also want you to be happy right you want your friends to be happy you don't want them struggling like yeah right you know no it's not a selfish love there's something there's something camaraderie you want to you want to help the other person the next one is storge i love that it's like very russian storge you know it's like and it kind of sounds, it really is, it's this lasting, natural love that it's compared to the natural love of a parent to a child. It's storge. Like, I really storge my kids. How many guys love your pets? I know Kanani does. I know Carl doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Kanani storge is the dog, and, and Carl does, right? And to be honest with you, we... And this is no joke. We had to actually counsel someone this week because their, their, their dog passed away. And that's a serious matter. Come on, right, pet lovers? Right, when, you're, when your pet dies, that's a, that's a, that, that's, it's that storge love that, that now it's missing. You're like, oh, it's so painful. It can also apply, men, you'll love this. Storge can apply to sports teams. Raiders. Woo, silence. Been a Raiders fan for a long time. The storge levels are pretty low right now, actually. Uh, Cheeseheads, anybody Cheeseheads? Packers? Uh, Patriots? How about, how about let's go basketball? Lakers? How about hockey? Anybody Kings? Anybody? Okay. Anybody like sports teams in general? Um, storge, you feel this absolute love for your team when they do well or even when they do bad. Um, and then the last one is agape, which we call, a lot of us know as the unconditional love. It's the love that it doesn't matter on the other person to feel or to give that love. And um, it's, uh, can I just say, it's very one-sided. Agape is the one-sided love, which means it doesn't matter what the other person does. I will still love you. It's an amazing love, uh, this agape love. And, and actually, if you, I, I want to simplify this because I don't want to 
confuse you with all these. There's actually really two versions of love. It's the get loves and the give loves. The get types of love and the give types of love. The get loves are the first three, the eros, the phileo, and the storge. Why? Because the... You love that person because of what they offer you and they do something to actually garnish that love or to make you love them. For example, I store gay ramen. Can I get some ramen lovers in the house? I said that on Friday night and everybody left church right afterwards and they went to eat ramen someplace because... I, I mean, I store gay ramen because I love the, the greasy fat of the char siu on my lips. It's like I'm going to put it on my lips like this, you know? <laughs> Um, I like the, the bite of the noodle. It's just like if it's perfectly cooked, it's like al dente. You're like, ah, I love the hot broth on a rainy day. You know what? Let's go right now. Forget it. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Right? Sumo ramen. I don't care where it is. I love ramen. I mean, to be honest with you, I almost want a filet ramen because I just want to give ramen a hug. I just love it so much. It's like, oh, I love you. Right? Um, and these are get loves, most of them. Well, there's the give love, which is actually only one. It's the agape love. It's the only one that doesn't depend on the other person or thing. That love will still be there. I mean, let's take it to, the, the, let's apply it to the ramen thing. If I went to my favorite ramen place and there's the ramen that I absolutely love and I'm stirring it up and then I just see a roach float to the top. I'm sorry, but my storge levels would pretty, go pretty low at that point and I will discontinue to love that bowl of ramen. Agape would say, I still love you. I still love you. And here's the thing. Apply it to yourself. God loves us. I mean, a lot of us, I think, believe that. God loves us. He thinks we're beautiful and, and his masterpiece and wonderfully made. But how many guys have stuff? How many guys have stuff floating to the top that make your life and you, you, you look ugly, look unappetizing, unloving, unworthy? We all got stuff, right? And I don't need to tell you what your stuff is because you know what your stuff is. You know what your stuff is. Can I tell you right now? 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. You know what it says? That's agape. God is agape. He's the one-sided love no matter what you do, how ugly you are, how un unresponsive you are, how, how unworthy you are. I will give my love anyway. I give agape love. The Greeks considered it the most noble form of love. And when I say God is love, that's what I'm saying. Amen. Let me prove it to you with a verse. Romans 5, 6 says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Here's verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God sent his only son to die for us while we still had our stuff. While we were still ugly in his sight, still unworthy in his sight, he still loved us and sent Jesus to die for you and me. Woo, come on. Don't get me too excited because I'm going to lose my voice. I got to preach the 11. But isn't that good? Yeah. That God still loved you while you were still yet a sinner? Yeah. That, to me, 
You got to know that. You got to experience that. If you're going to know who God is, you got to get that. You got to know how God loves. But I know how it is. I know, I, I know how it is. We don't always feel that love. We don't, like, man, Tom, like, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't always feel that love. I don't, I don't feel filled with God's love. Well, you know why? We get in the way. How, how many of our brains get in the way? I don't want to talk about the enemy or Satan. I'm not talking about ourselves. We're the main problem. Some, some of us view God, we don't view God properly. I mean, we're, like I said before, we have an infinite, uh, we have a finite, sorry, just brain that, that can't, like compute who God really is. And so we kind of come to some roadblocks. And I know some people struggle with that. And maybe, here's an example. I mean, you know, what? someone that didn't have a good father. The father was abusive or didn't love or didn't show love. And now they become a Christian. Now they're applying that love to the heavenly father. And that's just a wrong view of God. And so, so, so many times we have a wrong view of God. And that's why my advice is to you, get to know God, who he really is. How's this? Some, some of us, we can't forgive ourselves. We believe God's forgiveness, but we can't forgive ourselves. So we look at ourselves and go, you dummy. Why would God ever use you when you, when you did that to him? Why did, you want a second chance, really? And we, we condemn ourselves. We just beat ourselves up. And what happens too is what we do is we separate, separate ourselves from God slowly. I mean, man, this happens to me still as a pastor. It's like I slowly separate myself from God because like, ah, oh, we just, no, he's not going to love me. Oh, I did that again. Oh my gosh, he's sick and tired of the same, same exact prayer week after week. And we separate our, ourselves from God and we self-condemn ourselves. And I, I want to tell you, man, that's a big, that's a big issue there's two verses I want to share with you that combat all of that. Uh, Romans 8.1 says this. So there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. That's one for the keep, keeping your books and keeping your brain. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. You know what condemnation is? It's a judgment. It's a, it's a sentence on your life going, you did this or you deserve this. And you're condemning yourself. And so much, so much condemnation draws us away from God because like, ah, well, he can't love me. I got too much stuff. I'm condemning myself. I don't forgive myself. And it separates from us from God. Well, here's another verse that I love. Romans 2 verse 4 says this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that this, his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Can't you see that it's his kindness? Can I take it a step further? Can't you see that it's his agape love that are causing you to turn from your sin? Anybody love 90s worship? I do. Anybody remember this song? It's your kindness, Lord. That's like a southern draw on that one. It's your kindness, Lord. What? Leads us to repentance. Love that song. Love the melody of it, but I love the content more. Why? Because it says this incredible truth. It's God's kindness, his agape love for me that leads me to repentance. You know what repentance is? 
Repentance is turning around. That's all it is. It's turning from one direction to the other. And so you want to, we get into the self-condemnation phase. We're like, oh man, he doesn't want me. And we're set, we slowly separate ourselves to fellowship with God. And we think, wait, God loves me. God wants the best for me. God, God, agape loves me. And it's his kindness that leads me to turn around and to run back to him. It's his kindness. Maybe some of you guys are separating yourself from God because you just can't forgive yourself. You know what? God already forgave you and he already, got, and he already agape loved you. He dealt with your stuff already. Just run back into his arms. Amen? Um, what about that belonging aspect, right? We, got, we talked about love and belonging and they're, they're tied. And here's the one thing that once I receive the love of God, I think I feel belonging. But even more than that, here's the most awesome thing. You know where people of Jesus, Jesus followers, feel the most belonging? It's with other followers of Jesus. It's the local church. The local church is the tool of God to fulfill that belonging need in your life. Now, I'm going to be honest. I know there's a lot of local churches that might have burned you. You're like, my past, that church didn't love me. That church didn't do that. That church, you know what? Can I just say one thing? There's no perfect church. Anchor church, we're not perfect. We are not perfect. Paul's going, what? But here, what you talking about? What? Thank you for even defending our own church. That's awesome. Here's, what I, here's one thing I am confident of. If you get a whole bunch of followers of Jesus and if they really love God and they've received the agape love of God, there's, there's going to be an inkling and a drive to share the agape love of God. If they're doing it right, any local church, any body of Christ, if they get together, they're going to go, I'm gonna, I want to accept others. I want to love them. I want to welcome them. Why do you think we have welcome home all over our campus? We want you to feel accepted and loved and welcome and belong to some place. And if a body of believers get together and you throw someone that's not in that group, Man, more than likely, they're going to feel belonging and love. I'm a product, of, a product of that, actually, because I remember when I came to this church, my brother bribed me $5 to go to, uh, we call it connect groups now. So my brother's like, yeah, you want five bucks? I'm like, yeah, hello, come on, I'm a poor junior hire, let's do this. And so give me five bucks. He's like, you got to you gotta come to this small group with me. I'm like, what? Okay. And, you know, I was still a metalhead, a punk rocker at the time. And so I, I showed up and, you know, um, I, I left the eyeliner at home. But that's okay. It's like, <laughs> but you know what? I walked into that room. And I still remember it. I felt so loved and accepted. Belong. I, there's, people had no commonality. These were like people who listened to reggae. <laughs> I don't listen to reggae. I'm a metalhead, you know. We had nothing in common. I found out we had, do have, I just felt love from them. I felt belonging. And then I met Carl, you know, and we, we, we surfed together. And, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. And, and I remember there was one, right before summer, I was still with, you know, the metalhead, the punk rockers, still dressed like Joe Strummer. And I remember leaving that semester, and then I remember going to, uh, to a summer camp. It was about a summer camp. And then how many kids were at that camp? A hundred junior highs and high schoolers at Camp Timberline. Oh, man, I have some good memories there. 
I felt so belonged there. I felt so loved there. I felt so, so much friendship there. We built lifelong friends there. And the most amazing thing is, then I felt the overpowering love of God there. Which I want to point one thing out. I experienced the love of the Father through the body of Christ, the local church, before I even experienced the love of the Father from himself. You guys get that? I experienced it from you guys first, and then I felt the love of the Father. That's, that's, that's the belonging. The belonging is already here because we're a bunch of people filled with the Holy Spirit and his love trying to do it the best we can. And so you're, you're going to get that belonging feel, uh, uh, need filled in your life. And it led to the next thing I want to talk about is it led to really healthy self-esteem in my life. And I was a shy kid. I was insecure, right? I, I dressed really funny because I was eating lunch by myself. I didn't want to eat lunch by myself. So I, I thought of this persona, right? And so I was insecure and I just felt the self-esteem grow. And here's the one thing, that, another, the second thing I want to tell you guys is that, right, the first thing was you got to know who God is. Well, you know what? You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. These are two vital things. Know God and know who you are. And what does that mean? That does mean to know your personality, know your giftings, know your talents, know, know what you're placed on this earth for. But more importantly than that, this is what I believe knowing who you are is, is you have to know how God sees you. Above and, above and beyond all of that, you have to know how God sees you. If he looks at you, what does he see? And a lot of us believe lies, believe wrong things that God looks at us and is like, nope, no, he's ready to pounce on us when we're doing wrong or condemn us. No, he's not. He's agape loving us, if you really know it. And so I'm going to share some verses here of this is how Really, God looks at you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is how God looks at you. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says this. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Isn't that a cool verse? Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. According to these two verses that I just read, right? Three. The three verses I just read. This is who you are in Jesus Christ. You are a chosen. You are chosen. <coughs> you are a royal priest. You are a member of a holy nation. You are God's own possession. You are God's people. You're a masterpiece. Amen. That's who you are. And you really got... To know that, and I know, let's be real here, sometimes that's really hard to believe. And here's what I want to tell you guys. When you think of yourself a Christian, you should think of yourself as a Christian, not as a label, 
but as a local. Now I'm going to explain. You're like, what is that? Okay. So if I have my identity in being a label, well then that identity is based on what I do. It's, it's what I do. So for example, I surf. So I am a you guys are geniuses, right? So I do that. I'm a surfer, or I'm a football player, or I play these sports, or I do this hobby. I'm do that my label is based on the things I do. Or maybe your, that your occupation, your label is an occupation. Like I'm an electrician, I'm a garbage man, I'm a businessman, right? Or women or men as well, you love to shop, and your label is I'm a shopaholic, right? Love to shop. Sorry, I, did, I, I totally stereotyped. I'm so sorry. Men are shopaholic too. Uh, and that's what we do, okay? That's a label. Well, you know what a local is? What is a local? Local is someone who was born and raised in an area. And that's who they are. For example, I was born and raised in Kanyoi. Anybody? That's a Kanyoi response, by the way. <laughs> Not, yes, I was born in Kanyoi. Yes, all right, on Kanyoi Bay Drive Street. No. Right? I mean, if you're born in Kanyoi, the high school in Kanyoi is not Castle, it's Castle with an O. Castle. I went to Castle, right? And um, I, I grew up on the east side. I'm a proud east side guy. Anybody? Because sur I've surfed these spots. I surfed from Makapu to base to Crouching Lions. Man, this is, this is my hood. I'm a local. You know why? It's not what I do, it's who I am. I'm a Filipino. I'm. I'm a pure flip. That's. And here's the thing: I don't really do Filipino things. I know what that really is. I don't do Filipino things. I eat Filipino food, but I don't do Filipino things. But that doesn't matter because, because that's who I am. Now that's the difference between. A lot of us look at our label Christianity as like, like a label. It's something I do. I go to church. I go to a small group. I read the Bible. I raise my hands when I go to church. Um, I love Jesus. So I, this is what I do. And it's a label. Well, you know what? If you think of it as a local, well, it's, it's a whole different thing. You don't say, I'm a Christian because I read the Bible, I go to church. You say this, I'm a Christian because I've received the agape love of God and I'm adopted into his family and I'm a royal priesthood and I'm part of a chosen race and I am a masterpiece. You see the difference? You see the difference? That you got to stop looking at your walk with God as a label. You got to be part of the family. That's who you are. And here's the awesome thing is, your identity is based on not your actions. It's, it's based on God's action on you. Through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. You did nothing to deserve it. And he acted upon you anyway. Woo, come on, right? That's good stuff. I'm going to lose my voice for 11. Um, but this is, I hope you guys get that. Um, and, and I want to accent the local idea is in Philippians 3.20 Right, no matter where you grew up, maybe you grew up in Minnesota, and you like, I love Minnesota. Yeah, I love you know wherever it is. Well, if you follow Jesus and you're adopted into His family, Philippians three twenty says you are a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. That's your locale. 
is you're, you're where Jesus lives. I, I love that. You are where Jesus lives. That's your identity. You're a citizen of heaven. You have to get that. Um, and and I, I, know, I know it. I know some of you guys, are, you're arguing, man, I don't, man. You don't know what I've done and how, you know, my life. You know what? I, I don't deserve that, some of you guys are saying. You know what? You're right. You don't deserve it. Guess what? God gave it anyway. Agape love. God is love. That's just the bottom line. That's, that throws that argument completely out the window. And so if you know this, if you know who God is, and if you know who you are in Jesus Christ, that should dramatically change your insides. It should dramatically change your, your head, the way you think, the things you think about yourself, the way you think about God. And if it's dramatically changed in the inside, well, then it's going to spill out to the outside, wouldn't you think? It's going to spill out. It should spill out. To be honest with you, that's why I love doing what I do. I feel like I'm called and I love God. But you know what I love? I love seeing the spilling of God's love in the inside and to the outside, inside and to the outside, when people get transformed. I love the fact that in May, my eighth grade year or whatever it was in, in, at Midpac, I was a metalhead putting eyeliner on. When I went to camp and God transformed me, I got back and all I was was Tom who loved Jesus. I dressed like a surfer. I got rid of the eyeliner. I threw away the Metallica shirt because God transformed me. And then all my friends all, what happened to you? Well, Jesus happened to me. And that's, that's why I love this job is because there's so many, I've, I've been running into people lately, which is amazing to me, that are the most loving, most kind, most hospitable, most just sweet spirits people in our church and come to find out that they were depressed, that they were alcoholics, that they were suicidal, that they had all these things wrong with them. And for some reason, they met, they met God. God filled the love and belonging and the self-esteem need in their life. And now they're a totally, completely different person. That's what I love about my job. Because I see it happen all the time. I see it happen in you guys. People in this room, it's happened to you. So... Know God and know yourself, amen? amen. That's what you got to do. And uh, actually, I have two challenges for you guys. I'm going to end with this. Um, the challenge is this week, I want you guys to go find just a place where you do your devotions. I don't know what, you know, whether it's, man, Koi is so beautiful, go on a hike, go, on, go to the beach, or, or just get a cup of coffee and sit. And, um, and I want you to really delve into knowing the love of God, knowing how much he loves you. And, um, you know, I, I did this. And I don't want you to get too heavy in this, but I was thinking of all the things that I did wrong and all my mistakes and all of the, the stuff in my life. Now, I know, I know it says in the Word, too, it's like I, I try hard to forget the past. But in this moment, I was just thinking of all the stuff that I messed up on, my sin and everything. And then, you know what? In my devotion, you know what I thought? I thought this even though God still loves me. And when I compared what I did and what I don't deserve and that the God still loves me, oh my gosh. That just brightened up my day. That just gave me hope and gave me love. Gave me love. And I just want to tell you, 
try it. Like, like I said, don't go too deep in the depression. Like, I'm so, like, you know, pull yourself out of it and go, God still loves me. God still loves me. He agape love. He is love. He's agape love me. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to challenge you guys with is read those scriptures. Read those scriptures in 1 Peter 2 where you're a chosen person. You are a royal priest. You're a holy nation. Go read Ephesians 2.10 that says you are a masterpiece. Go, go read the other one in, in Philippians that says we are citizens of heaven. Go, go spend some time meditating on those. Just think about that's who I am. And I'm hoping and praying that all the insecurities and all the fears and all the doubts and all the wrong things that you think of God and think of yourself would just melt away. And you would just feel the love need in your life just get filled. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want that for you guys so much uh, because God is good, amen? And he wants the best for you. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I just come before you right now with everybody here. Lord, I just pray that, um, I, I pray that they take up the challenge that I gave because, I, man, when I do that in my life, it's just so, so beneficial. <coughs> and I pray as this week as we go and find our quiet place that we really seek, God, who, who are you? How much do you really love me? How, how, please reveal to me more of, of who you are. And Lord, as we kind of meditate on the scriptures of truth about we are a chosen race, we are a masterpiece, we are your workmanship, even find maybe some more verses of how, how you think of us and, and all those insecurities, all those fears, all the things we deal with on a daily basis would just melt away and that we would be inundated with the truth, the way you see us, the way you created us, God. Thank you for that. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I want to give an opportunity for anybody here to say yes to Jesus Christ. And saying yes means this. All you're doing is you're acknowledging the fact that Jesus died for you because of his agape, unconditional love for you. He loved you so much, even though you didn't deserve it, he gave it anyway. And saying yes means, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe your blood was shed to wash me clean and forgive me. And, and I believe that you rose again from the grave three days later by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you've conquered sin and death in my life. And because you did that, Jesus, I say yes. I give you my life. I surrender it over to you. And I call myself a born-again Christian, a follower of Christ. I won't call it a label. I'm going to be a, an adopted child of God's family. That's what saying yes does for your life. And maybe this is something you said before, a long time ago, you fell away, and maybe you're rededicating your life to Jesus Christ. Either way, if it's a first time or rededication, I want to say a prayer with you. Actually, I want to lead you in a prayer to Jesus himself so that you would say yes to him, that you believe what he did for you. If that's you this morning, can you do me a favor? I want to know if, you want, if you're going to pray with me. Can you just shoot up your hand right now, just raise it and let me know. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. We got one already. 
Thank you, ma'am. We got two. Thank you so much in the middle here. Anybody else? We got three. We got a couple here. Oh, thank you so much right here in the, in the front over here. Couple. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. Thank you for doing that. This is the best thing you'll ever do. Anybody else? Anybody else want to say yes for the first time or a rededication to Jesus this morning? Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. The best thing that ever happened was right now when you did that, when you rose your hand. Put your hand down. Say this prayer to Jesus himself. Jesus, I believe that you agape loves me. You loved me no matter what. You loved me how ugly my sin looked to you. Even though I didn't deserve it, you gave it anyway. You proved it on the cross. You proved it by shedding your blood and getting beaten. And you proved it when you rose again from the grave three days later. And you conquered sin and death in my life in complete victory. And because you did all that, I say yes to you. I say yes to your calling on my life. I don't know what that means, but I surrender it to you. I want everything that you have for me. Thank you for adopting me. Thank you for adopting me and making, making me whole right now and forgiving me. I believe in you, Jesus. I give you my life. You're my Lord and my Savior. It's so cool that you're my friend, too. Thank you. Lord, my Savior. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand. Yeah.